0: This is Womb, the podcast that celebrates the power of rebirth. I'm your host, Nova Cobbin, and on this show, we'll hear from amazing women who dared to rediscover who they are. Women who reignited long-lost passions, took bold leaps of faith, and reimagined their futures in ways they never thought possible. Each week, we'll be inspired by the stories of strength, courage, and resilience. Stories that remind us it's never too late to start anew. There are always second chances, new beginnings, and opportunities for rebirth. So join us as we explore the journeys of phenomenal women who reinvented themselves and created the lives they've always dreamed of. Welcome to Womb Rebirth. Let's go. Hello and welcome to our latest episode of the womb rebirth podcast. I am here today with Emma Hine, who is going to be talking to us about her rebirth story. And Emma, you're going to introduce yourself to us. So I will
1: hand over to you. Thank you for being here. Lovely. Thank you very much for having me. So yeah, I'm Emma Hine. I'm a certified business strategist, and I help female business owners to grow their business so that they can become their own version of successful. Now that bit is the bit that is really important to me. I ran, a, well I grew and ran a financially successful, it was a seven figure e-commerce business which ultimately ended up taking over my life and I'm sure we're going to explore that a lot more today. But that is why I'm so passionate about helping others to grow their business on their terms. Um, I, I really want to show people that you can do things your own way as long as you've got passion at the heart of everything that you do. Um, you don't have to sacrifice yourself in order to find what works best. So to me, growth is all about doing it your own way. Yes. And I think that's so important. And I'm really glad to
0: have you here with that story because i think that we so often especially as business owners we get really wrapped up in and caught up in we have to do it because that's how everybody else is doing it and if i don't do it that way then i'm going to have to sacrifice all these other things that are really important to me in order to do it that way because that's the way it's done so um we are going to explore that because i think that's a really important topic but where would you like to start us on your journey to rebirth where does it start for you
1: my journey actually started at school um, in my teenage years i was i wasn't the best behaved student i wasn't going to be the you know the student that went off to university and did all of that stuff that was never who i was um so i was told by a teacher at school that i would never make anything of myself and that really was the, the start of my journey although at that time Typical teenager, it just went in one ear and out the other. I didn't realise the impact that very, very small statement had on me. It wasn't until probably 2020, which is a long time since I was a teenager, that I actually realised how much impact that one little statement had had on me. And I've heard that quite a lot, that
0: these things, these small little things that are said to us, which are not actually small, but they are sort of small moments in time, that have such a massive impact in the way we see ourselves we see the world around us we see what people think of us and we can either use that as a sort of stepping stone to propel ourselves forward or it's something that traps us for a really really long time yeah. so yeah, obviously for you it eventually kind of allowed you to use it in a way that was beneficial to you and it sort of maybe a a sort of proving them wrong sort of mentality. But it obviously also took a long time for that kind of either recognition to come or that transformation to come. Talk us through those next sort of few years. How did that transform
1: in your 20s? The next few years sort of panned out as people probably expected, became a mum at 16. Um, I I started um, my first job, should I say, when I was about 18. And that's really when I started to become somebody who realized that actually they could do stuff. They actually had quite a good business head on the shoulders, even though I hadn't got the qualifications or anything to back that up. So I worked my way through um, through the, my career, um, and by the time I left my corporate role, I was I was quite high up, um, looking after um, a team of people who were responsible for all of the processes and regulation within the branch network and the direct sales channel for what was one of the biggest UK's building societies. So I did really well for myself, and and this is what had started this trigger from this initial thing at the beginning, I was out to prove that I could make something of myself. But what I didn't feel at that time was that I was doing what I wanted to do. I didn't feel like I was following my passion and I didn't feel that my life was what I wanted my life to look like. I wanted more freedom. I didn't want to have all the red tape. You know, all the usual stuff that people will say why they started their business. They start the business for the freedom, the time, all of that sort of stuff. So me and my husband, we launched um, an e-commerce business. We started from home, the same as most people start, you know, e-commerce type businesses. We started from home. um, Selling greeting cards was what we started off selling. Um, And the business grew and grew and grew. And in 2008, it finally reached a point where financially it could support me and my husband. So I gave up my career, my corporate career. I walked away from that, which took us into a position of 2008, great recession, both Mm -hmm. reliant on our own business to pay us a wage because neither of us were working elsewhere. But I did what I have learned I'm good at, but it is something that isn't good for me that's probably the right way to to put it and I worked hard and I worked hard and harder and harder chasing financial milestone after financial milestone surrounding myself with lots of materialistic things things that I now realize were things that I was buying just to show that I had made something of myself Mm -hmm. I've got the house now I've got the car now I've got the villa now. All of the things that I thought externally made me look like I was a successful person. But inside, I still knew that something wasn't quite right, but I was ignoring it. My daughter, my youngest daughter, um, was in hospital, we got taken into hospital with a broken leg um just before Christmas. This was in 2010. And it was when I was in she was in hospital for 16 days um and it was during that time that I realized that what I was doing wasn't what I actually wanted to do Mm -hmm. but I came back and carried on I kept going kept chasing the milestones kept doing the same old thing working at one at Christmas time in our peak time it was probably about 90 hours a week that I was working at this wow. time, still got three children, not young, young, but three youngest children. The youngest was, um, was only about eight or nine. I knew that it wasn't right, but I kept doing it because I was trying to prove something. And in my mind, I thought that when it happens, don't ask me what it is, but when it happens, everything will be OK. And I will no longer have to work so hard. I'll be able to just sit back. The problem was I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what mm. I was actually chasing. I think my absolute lowest point um, would have been around 2014. Um, I was drinking a lot at this point. Um, alcohol was my um my let off, my way of, you know, being able to forget the world, I suppose. Um and in 2014, I reached that point where I thought the best way to get myself out of this is to effectively take myself out of the equation. So so I attempted to kill myself. I attempted to take my own life. Now, luckily for me, my husband found me before I had done the deed, so to speak, before I had taken, you know, too many tablets. But I still refused to take help because I didn't want anybody to see me as a failure. I was still determined that externally, I still looked like I was this successful person. So I kept going, I kept going, I kept working, kept chasing the milestones, hit the seven figures um, in the e-commerce business, but still it wasn't right. And it wasn't until 2020, And I'm always asked this question, was it COVID? And the answer is no, because I was going to do this in 2020. We ended up delaying it to 2021 because of COVID. I just thought something has to change. And to make it change, it had to be radical. It had to Mm -hmm. be really extreme. And at this point, I have a hugely sellable business a business that could be sold quite easily for a reasonable amount of money because it was still turning over seven figures a year. Emma's plan was to get out and to get out as quick as she could. So I created a new strategy. I created a new plan that in effect shrank the business down drastically over a three-month period. And at the end of that three months, the option was it would still be earning enough money or should I say the two options, it would be still earning enough money to pay the bills Mm-hmm. or we'd have crashed and burned and we'd have completely lost everything. Um, Lucky for me, <laughs> it was the first half and we got it to a point where it was still able to pay the bills, but you know, didn't crash and burn us. And it's then, this was the point when I suddenly realized it was my time. This was my rebirthing in effect. This was my time to actually find out what it is I actually wanted to do.
0: I mean, there's so much in there that I want to kind of talk to you about. And I think that this is something that I've heard a few times is that when you get caught up in that story, that has been built upon actually somebody else's idea of who you are and who you should be. That inevitably, and that happens to most of us, I would think, because we're kind of given the messages from our parents about who we should be and what we should be and what we should do. And then we've got our teachers and our friends and life and the world at large. So it's easy, of course, to sort of live another narrative, but at some point, there's this little nagging voice in the back of our mind that's going, "But is that it,
1: and is this enough?" and is this even what I want yeah and I think I think I could have done the exact same thing back in two thousand and fourteen when I was at that really low point, but even though I was so low, I was still fighting these. Demons, whatever we want to call them, from from my earlier years to want to look like I was successful. I I, I was obsessed. I think that's the best word to use. I was obsessed with what mm-hmm. I looked like externally, without giving any consideration at all to what actually I wanted. Mm-hmm. And and that to me was what eventually got me to the point where I thought I have to stop worrying about everybody else, and I have to worry about me and what I want life to look like. My mm-hmm. husband had, 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 wasn't poorly, poorly, um, but he got some stuff going on that meant, you know, they needed to do some lifetime, uh, I'm going to speak today, lifestyle changes, which included stopping drinking. Um, and, I, and that was probably a bit of a turning point for me, because instead of seeing things through beer goggles, or in my case, wine goggles, I was probably seeing things a lot clearer because I was being good with him you know I I slowed down the drinking with him so I probably started to see things through a different set of eyes because they were sober eyes which is something they hadn't been for quite a long long time let's rewind a little bit to
0: when you were suicidal um because I know that you're happy to talk about this and that you talk about it in your book so when did you kind of recognize that this was getting to a point where you were really struggling to want to
1: stay alive it was probably pretty much right at the time when I was ready to do it, when I was ready to, to take my life away. I, I kept what what I started doing, and, and my husband, bless him, um, was really supportive because I, I refused to have any help despite him trying so hard to get me to have help. I I point blank refused um and and basically just said, Anybody who tries to get me the help, then they won't find me. I'll be gone. What was so, I sorry to interrupt you? But yeah. I'm, I think that's interesting. So tell me about this
0: the idea that you didn't want help. What was going through your head? What narrative did you have around getting help?
1: What did it mean? For me, getting help was admitting that I had failed. Mm-hmm. It was admitting that externally people were going to see that I wasn't this successful person that they all thought I was, because people would have seen. And I'm not saying this makes me look successful. It was it was all in my head, all my own narrative. What I was telling myself, I was seeing this person that people were. Oh, you know, I'd love your life. I'd love your business. And and as much as I wanted to say have it, I don't want <laughs> it. I, I saw that as people saying, yeah, I must have made something of myself. So I, I had this real fear that if I t- if I took help. So other people might find out that I'm I'm getting this help. Other people might find out that I'm not as strong as I look because I I have and I still have it's it's whether it's a strength or a weakness. I haven't yet worked that out, but I do have a mask that I can put on and I can I can change how I behave quite easily if I need to. So externally, people would never, other than if they saw me drinking because they would see me drinking excessively. And the weight loss, because I lost a lot of weight. So people did notice the weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just didn't want people to see me as a failure. I, I had a real fear of being seen as a failure. That's simple as it is.
0: So it would have broken the illusion if you'd asked yeah. for help.
1: Yeah, yeah. All in my own head. I know mm-hmm. that now. I know that was the craziest way, you know, to look at things. But that's the thing with mental health, isn't it? We don't we don't see the clear clarity. We don't see the reality of it. We just whatever's going on in here is what it plays to us. And that's what we enact, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I kept going off wandering um you know I'd I'd have a drink I'd grab the car keys luckily I never got out in the car um you know so I'd just go out and wander and I just walked I have no idea where I was going half the time I wasn't even dressed appropriately for walking you know I just off I'd go out because I'd need to um you know and 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 that's when I would be planning in my head as I'm walking I can't ever remember the walk one because I've probably had too much drink but two because I was just spending all of the time thinking I walk past bridges and I think I wonder if I could just you know throw myself over there and anybody would notice as wagons would drive past or lorries would drive past I think I wonder if I could just pick up the courage to just give myself a shove in that direction and that went on for quite a few months prior to um, prior to that day when I sat, you know, in the living room with the tablets and the drink and the everything else thinking this this isn't this one doesn't scare me. You know, the chucking myself under the bus or the throwing myself off the bridge scared me. But just having a drink with some pills didn't scare me. And that is scary in itself, but it didn't. Um, I mean, it was the middle of the night, why my husband came downstairs, because he was very used to me at this point, just collapsing and being, you know, he learned that the best way to deal with me was just to leave me to wake up, because he knew that I'd wake up the next morning as though nothing had happened, no hangover, nothing, and off I'd go, you know, normally. Um, why he came down that particular day, I still to this day don't know, but he obviously knew, didn't he? He obviously knew what I was doing. He had questioned me several times about how low I was feeling, obviously me in denial. Um, so so he knew, he knew.
0: There, I work a lot with the idea of, you know the world mirroring back to us some of the things that are going on. And when you were talking about the fact that taking a very drastic action of jumping off a bridge, for example, that's really scary because that's a very sort of visceral decision as, as a commitment to you know make taking a big jump literally mm-hmm. and that also mirrors to a certain extent some of the things that you were feeling inside that this requires because you said this requires radical change radical change was needed and the act of taking the pills because it was slightly more um subtle, to me sort of like mirrors back the stuff that's going on internally. Like if I could just kind of fade away, then, you know, the illusion, the illusion is so important to me that it's more, you know, I'd rather end it and have the illusion stay intact in my head than to like live with the failure of people recognizing and seeing the illusion. But then there's also this pull towards, I know that massive action is needed and in my head that's translated into killing myself but actually you could have that radical transformation and make that radical action in a totally different much more positive healthy arena of your life which thank god was what ended up happening in the end and i think that you know i've worked with uh, people who have been suicidal and who are who are suicidal and so many different sort of versions of that but i think the one of the illusion is so important that doing anything else including killing myself seems like a better solution than losing the illusion and when people have lost like they've got huge debts and they haven't told anyone or when there's this you know big secret part of their life that if somebody found out it would be life shattering so it would be easier to to commit suicide and I think that that's important to to talk about because I think that people do get to that place and people do get to that point but recognizing that 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 important underlying thing is what you're looking for is radical transformation and radical change and a big leap in your life and it doesn't have to be in that direction so thank god your husband came down and can you
1: talk us through what he did he literally just picked me up and took me to bed put me to bed and that was that there was no more talk of it mention of it anything else he literally just picked me up and took me to bed because he knew that if there was at that point at that stage anyway if there was any sort of attempt at discussion or anything else that it would end with me just doing something like disappearing again which was obviously the last thing that he would want me to not be in his sight um i i have sort of blanked out wrongfully i know i have sort of blanked out a big chunk of of my life that that big chunk there between that sort of like 2013 2016 which was like the low lowest part i've sort of blanked that out a little bit and i think that was obviously my body's natural way to to protect myself um and you know, my husband has always sort of said that if I want to talk about it, I can do, but if I don't want to, he's also equally not going to force upon me what my behaviour was actually like during that time. You know, that mm-hmm. that's something that he hasn't sort of done. I dug into it a lot more when I was writing my book, I, I dug into that a little bit more, because it was important to to understand it a little bit more. And I, I needed to understand it a little bit more in terms of when I wanted to start doing the, the, the changes, the things that I wanted to do, I needed to understand what I'd done so wrong if that's the right way of wording it I needed to understand it a little bit more in the sense of so why did I get myself to that state what was I not doing that got me to that position and what could I do differently and that's why I knew strategically for me the only thing to do was to get rid of what felt to me like the burden and that was the e-commerce business at the time it was that business that i felt even though i know now it wasn't the business it was how it was how i had run the business in effect it was the strategy i got behind the business that that needed to be tweaked i wasn't strong enough as a person at that time to be able to do that work from a mindset point of view from a, you know, thinking all of that sort of while still trying to run it. I needed to, I knew that if I was going to get out of this, I needed to just take that leap. I needed to take that huge jump, which was to say enough is enough. It has to go. And then when it's gone, I worry about what happens afterwards, which is why I was hopeful that the changes I were, were making was going to enable us to at least have an income. Because obviously we hadn't, if we if that went, we hadn't. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a long time since either of us had worked in corporate and it was, you know, that wasn't where we wanted to get back to. Um, so it was, it was a massive, massive sort of leap of, of faith. But... Deep down, I know it was the right thing to do, even though now I can kick myself because I think I should have just sold it. I'd have been in the same position. But that's not how my head was thinking at the time. It was thinking Mm -hmm. it needs to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And okay, so
0: you said that potentially if you were able to kind of make that decision again now, you would make a, a different decision. But. I'm imagining and assuming that as a result of that decision, actually, lots of other things probably fell into place as a result of the decision that you did make. So
1: what kind of things happened since then? In 20, it it would have been about March, April 2021. By the time I had sort of implemented the changes and got the e-commerce business running in a completely different way. So my work is sort of 90-ish up to, I'm not going to say I did that every week, but up to about 90 hours a week, suddenly dropped down to working probably 10 to 15 hours a week. To put that into context... The revenue had dropped drastically. A lot of the stuff had gone. We changed completely the business model. It had gone from a self-fulfilled, running our own warehouse, our own team, all of that stuff, to um, a fulfilled by Amazon business. So basically, the stock just came through us, and somebody else dealt with it all. So it was a completely, completely different business model that we didn't really have a lot of experience in because we'd self- we'd been a self-fulfilled e-commerce business. So suddenly, I was I was left with a lot of time. And at that time for me was about utilising it to actually find out who I was. Because at this point, I knew nothing about me because I had never, even going back to, you know, going back to those school days, I had never really sat back and thought, what would Emma like to do? Who does Emma want to be? You know, even things like what does she enjoy doing you know What's her favourite colour? Those sort of really simple questions that people get asked all of the time. I had no idea. I had no idea. I was a mum of three and I loved that job. Best job in the world. Mum of three. I was married and I love my husband dearly. We've been together since I was 15. So I knew, I knew that part of the puzzle was right. But everything else that sat around it, I hadn't got a clue what it was. Because I'd been a mum. I'd worked. And that was it. That was all that I'd, I had ever, ever known. And so I had to start really exploring myself. And 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 I sort of joke sometimes. And I remember this conversation um, with, I can't remember, it might have been with one of my children about, you know, do I need to take myself off to an island? You know, the go-and-find-yourself thing? Is, is that what I need to do? And I didn't take myself off to an island, but that is what I did. I, I did a lot of real digging into Um, you know who I am what I stand for what I enjoy doing what I don't like doing what do I want my future to look like what do I want to give back to the world what does real success look like to me And, and it's not the things that I thought it was it's not the things that you know I thought it was and it certainly wasn't about proving anybody else wrong it was all about what I wanted so I spent what felt like years, but it can't be years because we're only two years down the line, just doing a lot of work, trying lots of different things. And I knew the thing that was going to really light me up was to help people like me. Now, I don't mean people like me as in people who have, you know, been that low in their lives that they want to end their lives. But I mean, people who just want to run a business in a way that they enjoy, to do something that lights them up, to give them a true sense of feeling. And this big difference between feeling successful and looking successful. And I want people to feel successful. I want people to have, you know, the feels for the business, the feels for the life and and how they can integrate the two together. And that's why I started, I did this a little bit different to other people. I started this business journey really with, with my book. And I launched that in October, 2022. Um, and that was very much about, this is who I am. This is me for the first time ever. And when I say that, I mean, literally for the first time I had to tell my children the week before the book was going out, what they would expect to read in there. Cause they haven't got a clue of any of this stuff. Remember my family, nobody, it was me sharing my story and saying, this is what it looked like. was the reality and this is what i've done to make things differently and this is how you can do the same if that's what you need to do and just to say that it's, it's okay to do something and then realize you've done it wrong and to hold your hands up and say i don't want to do it that way anymore i'm going to make some changes So that was, that was sort of like the, I suppose the second, you know, coming out, this was, I'd made all these changes, which was my initial, you know, like rebirthing, then I'd found who I was, then I put it out into the world and said, this is what I am. And this is who I've been. And I'm not embarrassed to say that I did these things. And I I don't see it now as a failure. I see that as all stuff that I have gone through that I can now really use to help other people. And that is what gives me the passion. That is what lights me up. And that is what gets me out of bed every day, knowing that I can turn all of that stuff that I went through into a positive for other people. And for me, because I've learned from it too. You know, I've learned a lot from what I went through. And I I know I said that if I, if I really could do it differently, yes, I should have sold it. But I don't regret the decision that I made. Because if I had a down the route of selling it I probably would have carried on going for a lot longer whilst I was trying to sell it and by that time it might have been too late I might have already reached the point of I don't know breakdown or whatever it is that I was going to reach
0: yeah yeah, I mean, yes uh, and I love so you sort of mentioned like two rebirths if you like and that's why I love this whole kind of like birth metaphor because it's almost as if that like, there was this the, a sort of the the implantation of the egg, you know, that idea was kind of implanted and you knew that it was gonna grow, like it was an important moment and you knew that was gonna grow. But then as that grows and changes and everything in your life sort of starts to change around that and it's, you know, it's all going on and, and evolving. And at some point that new thing that has grown, the new person, the new version of you, your new identity has to come out. And it has to come out into the world and and the world needs to see that new identity. And that that birthing process is often like scary and difficult. And, you know, we've been through the birthing process like that is how it is in real life. It's 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 a bit scary. You know, even if I, I find writing personally, I know there are lots of different methods of doing it, but I personally find writing very therapeutic and a good way to access parts of my subconscious that wouldn't come out verbally but if i'm writing then it's sort of a safe space because i'm not saying it out loud
1: but i'm still allowing it to have some space to come out exactly and, and it's one of the key things that i've continued to do since that time journaling i've continued to write things down not to share with people just for myself so you know if there's feelings and emotions and things that I, i've got going on now straight first thing I do is I take it to pen and paper and I write it down so I've got books and books and books of things that I've just written and notes that I've written because I I think that has been a key part of my healing journey if that's the right word to use in terms of you know for me healing from myself (laughs) what I put myself through um has has been has been a journey so bring us up to speed with how the business is going now and and how you're feeling about the work that you're doing now yeah I mean I absolutely love it I absolutely I, you, it's really funny isn't it but you know when you know it's one of those isn't it you just know that you've actually finally found the thing that you were put on this planet for now I never consider myself like a woo type person but some of the things I say about this business obviously you have to question that maybe I'm more rude than I think I am. Um, but I absolutely love it. Nothing gives me more pleasure than being able to strategically dig into somebody's business because I am a strategist. that's what I do. I dig into people's businesses to find the gaps and things that they are going on in their business. But to be able to do that in a way that I know the output is going to give them exactly what they want, not just financially, because the financial stuff to me follows. If you're doing something you love, you're going to do it much better. You're going to do more of it. You're going to be more consistent at it. You're not going to wake up with that Monday morning feeling when you just think, oh, do you know what? I can, so we'll have a day off. You're going to really enjoy what you're doing. So to be able to see people whose businesses grow, not only financially, but grow in a way that gives them what they really want, whether that's more time, freedom, whatever it is, it's just the best feeling. It's the absolute best feeling. It's, it's something that I don't think I ever thought that I would feel I think I always assumed that I would just be somebody that did a good job. And I've always done a good job of everything I've done. I've always given 120% to everything I've done. And I've always been able to find the ways to to grow things. But to do it now with just that tiny little bit of a twist, which is the doing it your own way. It's made a massive, massive difference. And when I started, it took me a while to find my comfort in terms of how my voice came across. And I think that's a key thing, isn't it? When, you, when you're growing a new business, it is really, sometimes it's difficult, isn't it, to think, well, do I need to do this and this? Because they do that, and that seems to work. And I went through a bit of a, a, a period of time where I was doing that thing. I was following other people's way of doing things because it worked for them. So that's what I need to do. So I had to, even in this business, even though I knew that it was very much about doing it my way, I still had to go through that element of trying and testing things before I could physically sit there and get to that point, which didn't really come till early this year and being completely honest didn't really come till early this year where I could sit there and say, I only do what I enjoy doing. I do what I'm good at but I only do it if I enjoy what I'm doing and I think I can help people better for doing that and I, th- I just feel honoured I think that's the word to use that I actually get to spend my time helping other people and I look back to photographs even a, a couple of years ago even probably 18 months ago of me and I can just see the difference in myself I've got that sparkle that glow you know people talk about pregnancy glow i'm not pregnant by the way but people talk about that pregnancy glow and and i i have got that now i have finally got that like that glow of 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 being happy you know back in i can't remember when it was when i had my first conversation with with one of my first mentors and my my when they asked me what i wanted to do this when i was creating the business my exact sentence was i just want to make people happy and that's it. That is basically what I want, still what I want to do. I've just found the how now. <laughs> and do you think that you've made something of yourself now? Do you know what I do? And I'm 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 happy to say that. And I could I could never ever think that I could have said that. And and it's not to me about what I've got, what I own, or anything like that. It's about I wake up in the morning knowing that I have an impact on other people's lives. No, and that's a positive impact, not a not, you know, a bad impact. And knowing that I can actually enjoy what I'm doing day in, day out, and knowing that I've finally got that, you know, freedom-based lifestyle that enables me to do the things that I want to do, that I wanted to do right back then, but actually knowing that the things that I want to do, not the things that are showing it to other people. And to me, that is success because I feel that I am successful.
0: Mm, For sure. That sounds like a wonderful version of success. Emma, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you. I've really enjoyed hearing from you and I know that our listeners will as well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening and I will see you on the next podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not download the Woom app? It's going to help you to understand what a rebirth is and how to have all for yourself. Join in the chat rooms, download the materials and programs and get monthly coaching and monthly networking, all for the price of 6 dollars 99 a month. Download now in the App Store or Google Play Store.